Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. Since the beginning of the war in Ukraine, more than a dozen high-profile Russian businessmen have been found dead. Kremlin says they're either accidental deaths or suicide, but Western analysts doubt that. Today, Bill Browder, who was once the largest foreign investor in Russia, on the lengths President Vladimir Putin is going to to retain his grip on power as his war falters. Bill, incredible what we're seeing in Moscow. It's it's tr- un- unimaginable what we're seeing mm. in Moscow right now. There's a, a list of names on Wikipedia. It's of Russian businessmen who've died this year, mainly since the war in Ukraine began. It lists how they died and who they were. Just tell me a bit about that list. Well, you, you have a number of mostly oil and gas executives. I think like 90% of the list is oil and gas executives. And they've all died by supposedly committing suicide or murder-suicide or all sorts of falling downstairs, falling out windows. Mm. And generally in Russia, you know, if if somebody dies in, in that way, um, one should view it as suspicious. Mm. And when people of uh, all of the same industry die that way, it looks to me like what I would call a um, epidemic of murder. You should rule in foul play, not rule it out. I think there's around 11 or 12 people on that list so far. Tell me about some of those people. Well, so I guess the first thing I would say is that it's not an outrageous thing to say that these people were killed. I think most people come to accept that. And then then the question is, why were they killed? And some of the theories are, well, somehow, somehow these people must have been political dissidents. They must have been standing up against Putin for, for starting this war. But in my analysis, I don't see any of that at all. Uh, what, I, what I see is that because of the war, there's a lot less money around. And when there's a lot less money, whatever money is around becomes a lot more coveted. These people all sit in front of large cash flows or assets. And so I I suspect that the reason that these people have been murdered is because, for example, the the, um, one of the people is the chairman of Luke Oil, which is the largest private oil company in Russia. And I would imagine that somebody came to him and said, hey, we would like this unbelievably lucrative flow of cash diverted from wherever it's being sent to right now to a new place. And I would suspect that this guy said no. And then the best way of getting that flow of cash is to kill him and then ask his replacement the same question. Mm. So this is more in your view about redirecting much needed money. The deputy general director of Gazprom, Russia's energy giant, he also turned up dead, didn't he? He did indeed, as did a person from Gazprom Bank, a person from Novatech, which is another very important gas company. We've seen this uh, movie before. 
in the 1990s, when there was also a big shortage of cash, there was something called the Aluminum Wars. And during the Aluminum Wars, many dozens of, of uh, senior executives in the aluminum industry were all killed. And so this looks to me like a repeat of the, the Aluminum Wars. Mm. And Bill, what role does Vladimir Putin have in these deaths, do you think? Well, my own experience says that Vladimir Putin is the mafia boss. I mean, he is the head of state, but he's also the mafia boss. And so as the mafia boss, he gets a cut of any money that flows to these mafia underlings. And so I would suspect and I would guess that Putin gets a cut of whatever redirected flows of money are resulting from these murders. Vladimir Putin has been kneecapped by the sanctions. He is the richest man in the world. And he holds his money via these individuals called the Russian oligarchs. The Russian oligarchs have been sanctioned, therefore his offshore money has been sanctioned. The one money that hasn't really been sanctioned has been the revenues from the oil and gas industry. And he needs more money now to, to run his war. It shows us just how far Vladimir Putin is willing to go to shore up his position. And he really does need to do that right now, doesn't he? Because he's facing growing opposition, even from high-profile people within Russia, as his war begins to falter. Indeed. So, so you had one of the most famous rock stars in Russia, a woman named Ala Pugacheva, who has openly condemned Putin, calling for an end to this war, describing the insanity of this war. You also have people now, even on, on television, all starting to not necessarily criticize Putin, or, or if they do criticize Putin, they're criticizing him not necessarily for starting the war, there, you have people criticizing him for not being ruthless enough. Basically, you, you have dissent among the ranks. And at the same time, you also have people demonstrating on the streets of Moscow because of the uh, conscription. You have borders clogged up as people are all fleeing the country. Kazakhstan and Georgia are among the countries that have seen a large influx of Russian men of military age. In the United States, the White House... It's a real mess for him right now. Do we get a sense or can we get a sense of how much pressure he is under right now? I think he's under an, an, a tremendous amount of pressure. The fact that he has had to cross this red line of doing a general conscription is the clearest sign of the pressure. So basically, in Ukraine, he's lost some, around 50,000 Russian soldiers have been killed. Another 50,000 have been either incapacitated or deserted. And he's basically lost his effective fighting force. And that's why you've seen such dramatic increase in the amount of territory that Ukraine has taken back. And so he desperately needs more troops. But in, in calling for more troops, he's had to break a promise that he made that this is just some kind of minor, what he calls special military operation. This is not a war. 
And in doing so, he basically signals to the Russian people that this is something they need to support, even though nobody really in their own hearts particularly hates Ukraine or feels feels threatened by Ukraine or any of those things. And so it's very hard for Russians to get themselves amped up to send their sons and, and, and to, to die in battle. And it's it's really a problem for him right now. Mm, and the people scrambling to get out of the country. How significant is that to the national psyche, to, to everyday Russians, and how they feel about what's going on? Well, I think that it, what it shows is that people, you know, people are voting with their feet as far as this war is concerned. You have a situation where people are really unhappy. And, and it's very interesting because I know a lot of Russians and I know of a lot of Russians who basically haven't have not cared about Putin's brutality before. When you try to get them interested in human rights abuse or his clamp down on democracy, they all just shrug and get carry on with their business. All of a sudden, these same individuals are all panicking and, and I'm really angry right now because it affects them if either they or people they know are going to die in a, in a war that they don't support. Mm, the war in Ukraine, it's not going well for Vladimir Putin. There are a growing number of critics at home, the protests on the streets, the people fleeing. Can he bring them all under control? Can he silence them? Well, generally, that, that's what an authoritarian dictator does. So we've seen many times this thing played out in different places, including Russia, where you know everybody starts out really unhappy, and and then what does the dictator do? He makes life so miserable for anyone who speaks up that they just calm down and keep their mouth shut. And I suspect that Vladimir Putin is going to do that here. He's got a, a long track record of quashing dissent by fear and brutality, and so. That's the most likely outcome, but you never know. And that and that's the thing. He doesn't know, we don't know, whether this thing will just keep on, uh, you know, escalating and escalating where people get more and more upset and, and he has no way of tamping it down. Mm, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Is there a chance that his political power could be at risk? I mean, could this war actually be, in the end, his downfall? Well, I mean, that's what we hope for. Uh, I think there's absolutely a, a probability of it. How high the probability is... I would say not that high. I think that he has an apparatus of repression that's really uh, very well, t- well fine-tuned. And, you know, if, if you were to bet, you know, is Vladimir Putin going to be around five years from now? I think the, a betting man would say he probably would be. Bill Browder is the co-founder of investment fund Hermitage Capital and was the biggest foreign investor in Russia until 2005 when he was expelled and deemed a threat to national security for alleging widespread corruption. Last month, Vladimir Putin threatened the world with nuclear war. We covered that on the 23rd of September, and that's in your feed. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sydney Peed, Chris Dengate and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. 
Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.